Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and verse number 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Here in this verse, there's three R's I want to bring to your attention. Remember, repent, or he said, I'm going to remove. I believe that's a good thing. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Something has happened. You're not where you once was, is what the Scripture is saying. Do you remember how much you once loved God? Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So it's good for us from time to time to examine ourselves, remember, and see if there was a better day. You know, you can labor and love, but you can't love and not labor. That was the problem in the book of Revelation, the second chapter, if you read the context. Do you remember how far you've drifted? Have you drifted? Are you where you once was with the Lord? When drifting occurs, it's not usually detected as would be a blatant departure from the Lord. Friend, we're not going to be able to drift or coast into heaven. There's a lot of folks that are drifting. They're not drifting towards Christ. They are drifting away from Christ. Do you remember how consecrated you once was to God? Let's be honest. Ask God to help us to see that we are as consecrated to God as we was one time in our life. Are we carrying a burden for lost souls like we did at one time? Are we travailing for souls as we were at one time in our life? Do we have the passion for souls that we need to have, that we could have, and that we used to have? The price for revival is travail. Do you remember the vision that you once had? The Bible tells us where there is no vision, the people perish. Do you remember how your prayer life used to be? Were you more fervent, more faithful in your prayer life? To all these questions, we need to think about it and say to ourselves, have I fallen to some degree? Am I where I need to be with God? What is your prayer life like? Did it used to be a whole lot better? a whole lot different. Do you remember how your devotional life used to be? Remember 
from whence thou art fallen. To everything that I've said and everything I'm going to say, we can make excuses of why we're not doing this and why this has changed, but will it stand the judgment shocks of eternity? Do you remember how you used to be faithful to church? Friend, it's always something that causes red lights to flash in my mind when people are no longer faithful to the house of God. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Do you remember how you once hungered and thirsted after righteousness? You wanted to be in the house of God. You loved to come to the house of God. You enjoyed the singing. You enjoyed the preaching. But now we go because we feel we just have to be there. And if I'm not there, somebody's going to call me and ask me why I'm not there. And I really don't have a good excuse to miss tonight. So I better go. Friend, that's not the way God wants it to be. God wants us to have that hungering. He wants us to have that thirsting on the inside. Do you remember the power that you once had with God? A lot of professing Christians just don't have the power they once had. The real measure of the success for a congregation is not how fine the buildings are, how large the offerings are, how great the crowds are. You know, the real success for a ministry is whether or not it's operating in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. A powerless church or a powerless individual who professes Christianity portrays Jesus in a bad light. This is true around the house of God. When a lost world walks into the congregation and it can see deadness and coldness and apathy, the lost assume that Jesus is lifeless also. They assume that Jesus is powerless, that Jesus is dead. Amen, as the church of Jesus Christ. Amen, I'm telling you, he still changes lives. Amen, knowing Jesus Christ is still exciting, even in the day and time in which we are living. His church is still alive, amen. His gospel still has power. Even this day and time in which we're living, there's still power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a name that we're alive. Jesus spoke about that in the Revelation. You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. May God help us to live up to what our sign says. Our sign says we are the church of God. That's the church of the living God. Amen, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. And friend, that not only means for salvation, I'll tell you what else. He can lift that cold individual that's gotten lukewarm. He can lift them out of that complacency into a new life of blessings 
in Jesus Christ. He tells us in the book of Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. He can lift that burdened believer out of his fears and give him a peace that passeth all understanding. Philippians 4 and verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are we no longer a praying people? Are we no longer a surrendered people? Are we no longer a people who are totally dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Remember from whence thou art fallen. We can easily look back to the glory days and we can rest on what the church did then. Thank God for what's been accomplished in the past. I praise God for that. I love to read about it. But we need to think about how God wants to work in the church today. And we can't live on past blessings. We need God now. We need the power of God now. Amen, when we think of the fire of heaven, Amen, I tell you, friend, it just don't fall on people who are half-hearted and people who are careless. The fire of God falls on those who will consecrate their lives to God. The truth is, there will be no power, there will be no glory, there will be no revival in the church until God's people learn to lean on Jesus Christ and on Him alone because Jesus Christ is what we need. We need to pray. I'm referring to prayer that seeks God's face, refusing to be silenced until the answer comes. And we're commanded in the Word of God in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 17 to pray without ceasing. We're told in the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, and verse number one, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray and not to faint. The good news is, when it's the prayer of a righteous individual, amen, his ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Amen, the Bible lets us know that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and I say when it's prayed according to the will of God, God still hears and answer prayer. Call upon me, Jeremiah said, in chapter 33 and verse number 33, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Isaiah put it like this in chapter 65 and verse number 24. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. God said, while they're still praying, while they're still uh, thinking about their prayer, 
I'm going to read their hearts. I'm going to hear and answer their prayers. I like the scripture. It's a familiar one. In the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter and verse number seven, where it says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that seeketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If, the, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. I believe that revival is a good thing. I believe that saints of God getting their needs met is a good thing. I believe souls being saved, new conversions is a good thing. I believe when souls are growing and maturing in the Lord, I believe that's a good thing. When saints are laying aside weights and sins that's besetting them, I believe that's a good thing. When we're getting our needs met as the people of God and walking in the light, I believe that's a good thing. And when we remember from whence we have fallen and repent and get back where we once was and even go beyond that, I believe that's a good thing. And that's what God wants every one of us to do. Remember, get back where you once was and go beyond that. Come on, we haven't arrived yet. There's still room for improvement in every one of us. None of us is getting too holy. None of us is getting too close to the Lord. That's not the problem we're facing. It's not the fact that people are getting too close to God. The problem is that people are getting too far away from God. John 14 and verse 13 said, For whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. For if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. And here's the promise in John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, that's a condition. If we're in him, and his words abide in us, we can ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. Genuine, faith-filled praying is still the key that will open the door to revival and the power of God in the day and time in which we're living. But we've got to be a surrendered people. God cannot bless a Christian. God cannot bless a congregation that's not separated from the world. There's a lot of folks around the church today that's not separated like they once was. They've allowed things to come in their life that one time they wouldn't dream about doing. But these things slip in slowly, but surely. And when it does, it hinders our work with God, our relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, 
saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and I'll be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Don't try to be like the world. Amen. Tells us in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. It is God's will that we place everything that we have and ever hope to have on the altar of God for his glory. Amen. How about it in your life? Remember from whence thou art fallen. I know of folks at one time in their life, they were really consecrated to God, really sold out. And possibly there's some here, if you could see yourself as God sees you, you're not consecrated to God like he was at one time in your life. So we need to remember what Romans 12, verses one and two admonishes us. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've got to become, as God's people, totally dependent upon the Lord for everything. And until we reach that place where we understand that God's power does not come just because that someone's preaching or just because someone is singing or just because someone is working, the power of God rests on us as we learn to rest and trust in Jesus Christ completely. Because what did he tell us in St. John, the 15th chapter and verse number 51, he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. We can't do this, saints of God. You can't do it, and we can't do it together, but thank God there's a God in heaven that can still get the job done if we as the people of God will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Somebody say, what wicked ways are you talking about? Remember from whence thou art fallen. If we can remember all the things where we've slacked up in, we've let up, we've got to take care of that. If we expect to have revival in these last days in which we're living. You know what? The religious world is going after new programs. We don't need new programs. It's not more powerful personalities that we need. We don't need new buildings. We do not need to become more seeker friendly. We don't need to change our music. We don't need to change our message. 
We don't need to get another Bible. What we need is simple. What we need is the power of God. And the power of God will come when God's people get serious about seeking the face of God, walking in his ways, learning more about him, leaning on him for all we need. Has he spoken to you about your faith, about your prayer life, about the level of your commitment? Has he spoken to you about the level of your surrender, about how much you depend on him? Do you need to hear his voice? Amen. Has he spoken to you about salvation? The Lord said, remember and repent. And if you don't, I'm going to remove. And that's pretty serious. God wants us to remember and not just stop by remembering, not just being a hearer of the word, that we realize, yes, I've fallen in some areas. I'm not where I once was in some areas in my life. He wants us to do more than remember. He's saying, I want you to repent. The Lord is telling the church to recall where they went wrong, where they've changed, where they've let up. This calls each of us to do some searching and find out what it is that's stolen our love for God. In the day and time in which we are living, there are so many attachments and distractions of the world to amuse us and cool our affections for the Lord. You know, I really believe this, this is one of the worst days to live in. I just think that there's more seemingly out here to take our attention, to cool us off, to drag us down, no doubt than there has ever been. We're faced with a lot more today than we used to be faced with. I'm being faced with a whole lot more than I was 10 years ago and 15 years ago. Have you hit a snag in your spiritual progress? Has there been a leveling off, a feeling of stagnation? Something has happened to the former mood a spiritual overflow that once thrilled your soul? Has your Christian life become mechanical, powerless, just going through the motion? Many today have all the paraphernalia of religion, but the vital spark in their life is missing. We can have the machinery we can have the organization, but if we do not have that creative, dynamic thing, we're missing everything. How about it? Do you remember the zeal you once had for God? Do you remember when you were really on fire for God? Do you remember when you had your affections set on things above? Do you remember when the preacher could not preach it too straight for you. But something's happened. You can't take straight preaching 
like you once did. Do you remember when it came to questionable things, you gave God the benefit of the doubt? And now it's the other way. Do you remember the peace you once had? The contentment, the joy. Do you remember a better day in your Christian life? Do you remember when the world was not having that negative effect on you? Do you remember the testimony you once had? Do you remember how you used to witness for Jesus Christ? Do you remember when it was no problem to live the standard? Well, why is it now? Remember from whence thou art fallen. Do you remember your dedication you once had? Do you remember when you was revived? You was, you was experiencing revival? The good news is the flame that's almost gone out can be rekindled. Life tends to go stale without an occasional overflow of the Spirit of God. But no change is going to come in our relationship with the Lord if we don't crave the change with our whole heart. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. Remember, unless we get back close to the Lord, you know what's going to happen? We are going to go farther away. You're not going to remain neutral. If we don't really get back close to God, we're definitely going to go farther away. The coldness is going to get colder, icier and icier. We're going to lose more and more of the life of Christ, show less and less of his likeness and his purity. As the church, it's time to wake up, shake off lethargy, and close him to the center. Maybe there's a backslider here. Someone that's never been saved. Do you remember when you was a Christian? Do you remember what a peace it brought knowing that your sins had been forgiven? Do you remember when the burden left, the burden lifted? Wouldn't you like to experience that again? This is for all of us. It's for the same. It's for the sinner. Amen. How about it in your life? Remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.